This is Kate Boyer speaking from Missoula, Montana. The Attic, Keeper of the Gruesome, the Horrifying, and the Shocking. Here in the dark place, leering over a typical neighborhood street, is where the phantasma lives. The Attic is where you experience disturbing scenes shared by haunted minds and morbid souls. When silent screams in the mind turn into screams from loved ones, it's impossible not to wonder if madness is the work of something sinister. Tonight, in this episode of Scenes from the Attic, the year is 1896. The place is a one-room cabin in the middle of Montana. We hide under a bed and witness the actions of one such brutal mind. And now, Boozehound Entertainment presents Silence is Golden. Written and narrated by Kate Boyer, directed by Phil Boyer, and made possible by our kick-ass patrons. A curse was stampeding through the house. From under the bed I peeked through my fingers as the devastation unfolded. Bare feet scurried by as blood rained down speckling my hands and splattering the wood floor before all movement stopped. The bodies fell one by one and littered the ground around me. Vacant eyes of family members betrayed my hiding spot. They died, all but Grandpa and me. Crumpled over each other, protecting the young, they perished. The walls of the cabin held hostage the smell of their death. The blood glistened in fresh pools before turning dull and lifeless. The night had started like any other, prayers said by bedsides, dishes cleaned and put in their place, nightshirts placed over children's heads. The moon's rays filled up the dark corners of our home. I slept in blissful silence. Then I was being pushed out of bed I shared with my two older sisters. It was not close to dawn. There was no smoke filling the cabin or other emergency I could see from the outside world coming in. Kicked under the bed where dirt still lay sleeping. My sister brought her finger to my lips, showing me to be quiet before she was yanked away. With the first light of dawn, Grandpa dragged each member of the family out the back door. I ran. He dug holes for each as if he loved them enough to give them their own burial. He filled the graves while tears blurred my vision. With streaks of blood smeared across his naked body, he looked like he was a walking dead man himself. I thought he was gone so I came out from behind the tree to be with my family. Mounds of fresh dirt marked each of them. I don't know what came over me, but I started to dig. I had no idea which body I would come across. Grime covered my hands, filled up under my nails, and reached my elbows. Stained hands grabbed my waist and threw me off to where blades of grass caught me. The blood of my family members were caught in the wrinkles of his face, all brown and crusty. I was dragged into the house by the back of my nightshirt. There was no escape. He had me. He had killed them. Dumping me on the earth by stacks of wood, which on any other day would have been consumed with flames, I sat. I followed his movements with my eyes only to my mother's sewing supplies. He jostled the contents, eventually finding what he was looking for. My mind would not allow me to understand what he had done over these past hours, or what he was about to do now. 
He shuffled toward me with dirt cake feet, and I knew my mother would be furious for the mess he was making. But I was more concerned with the silver needle and scissors he held in one hand and a long string of thread in the other. As careful as a nurse laying out a surgeon's instruments, he placed his items on the table, then lifted my bird-like frame into a chair, tying me up with his urine-soaked pajamas. His lips moved. He was so deranged he forgot I could not hear him. And right there in a spot only a day ago was filled with loved ones, he began. All was swaying back and forth as if strong gusts of winds decided where his sagging body should move. The pain was unbearable as fresh blood spilled. Each prick of the slender needle digging into and pushing through the skin around my lips brought fresh tears dripping down into his fingers. The thread burned as it entered and exited each hole. He had locked sounds from escaping my mouth. I prayed for death. Unstrung from the chair, he carried me to my mattress. I held my breath as my body strained to not make contact with his chest. Once I was laid out to his satisfaction, he turned his back on me. I crawled under the cover, searching for any kind of comfort I could reach. My body trembled, as once again I had no control over anything. In silence, Grandpa pulled the rocking chair next to the bed. My eyes searched for the initials surrounded by a heart dug deep into the wood, for my father had carved this as a wedding present to my mother. With his legs spread, he sat and watched me, not even rocking back and forth. I could see the hairs in his nostrils moving with each breath he took. I shoved my hands between my knees so I could not touch my swollen lips, for I dare not do anything to upset him again. The silence was golden. Night became my bodyguard and sleep my escape. I woke, almost screaming. Next week, return to the attic for a story that takes us to a small neighborhood in Bangor, Maine, where there's no escape from death. Scenes from the Attic is produced by Booze Hound Entertainment, written and narrated by Kate Boyer, directed and edited by Phil Boyer, research and investigation by Wally Fitch, music by Purple Planet and Shot Glass Records.